0: Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. Yeah, man, today's beautiful. I just, uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm in love. I better not say that. I'll scare people, but I tell people when I want to mess with people, I say, you know what? I'm in love with another man. His name is Jesus. He's my Savior King. Yeah? He's my Savior King. To know Him is to know love. You ever heard somebody say, well, if you knew Him, you'd love Him. Yeah, if you knew Him, you'd love Him. People really didn't meet Jesus and just hate Him. Now, people have gone to church and hated church, but they didn't meet Jesus and hate Him. Right? How would you feel? You ask a lady this, she'll clothesline you, but <laughs> she said, man, I love your face, but I hate your what? Come on. You got quiet here. Like, I ain't going to say, Pastor, no, I ain't going no to <laughs> See, Jesus is the head, and we are the, the tragedy of our generation is they love the head, but they hate the I'm preaching already. <laughs> I don't have a note or a verse for you, Katie, but we'll throw out, maybe somewhere along the line, I'll give you something. Um, yeah, so one of our struggles that we have right here now in America is that we have people that love Jesus, but they don't like the body. But if people are going to fall in love with Jesus, they have to fall in love with his body. Yeah? Yeah? So there's been a spiritual decapitation in the church of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Listen. But we have the opportunity to see the body get in line with its head again. Boy, and when that happens, a beautiful thing takes place a beautiful thing takes place. I guess I can just talk about Jesus today because he never gets old. He is the wonder of all eternity and he will forever be so. I don't know, for over over I guess 2 months now we've been talking about this thing called union. It's it's Paul's it's the weightiest thing that Paul talked about in all of his epistles, every epistle he talks about union. Every epistle he talks about union. 164 times in his writing, he uses a similar statement called in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. Come on, say in Christ. It's a beautiful statement. It's a beautiful thought. It denotes union, and essentially it means Christ is in you, and you are in Christ. You are one. One of the travesties of living in America Is that when we talk about Christianity, we have this statement that we make called a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The truth is, no, you don't. That's nowhere in the Bible, nor was it ever offered in Scripture. What they offered you was union with Jesus. Come on. I often say, I have a personal relationship with a lot of people in this room, but I only have a union with one, and that's my wife. And because I have union with the one, I have something with her that nobody else in the room has and that is intimacy. And a secondary consequence of my intimacy with my spouse, watch this, is we have fruit. Jesus. Union or oneness with Jesus, that would have been Paul's quote unquote soapbox. It is what he expressed. It is why he wrote about it when he was in prison. He wrote about it with his back dripping from, from from beatings. Paul would travel around as an apostle, which simply means sent one, and he would set up a church in this region and set up a church in this region and set up a church in this region, and then he would go to another region. And oftentimes, when he would leave, you had this group of people historically called the Judaizers, and they would come behind Paul after he set up a church and preached the gospel. And they would come behind Paul and say, okay, you know, you can keep serving Jesus and doing this Jesus thing, but you also have to keep obeying the law. And then Paul would have to go back and tear down (laughs) everything that they tried to build up in the church. The, The whole epistle of Galatians essentially revolves around that thought. And I feel like a lot of times what we do in America, watch this, watch this, is we live in a new covenant, but we got old covenant mindsets. We live under the new covenant, thank you, Jesus, but we operate with old covenant mindsets. The old covenant says it's all about what you can do. The new covenant says it's all about what Jesus has done. The New Covenant says it's all about, the Old Covenant says it's all about your performance. The New Covenant says, no, it's about how he performed or what he did. Come on. The Old Covenant says it's all about you dotting the I and you crossing the T and you keeping those 613 commandments, which, by the way, nobody could really do. The New Covenant says it's about how Jesus kept all of the commandments, and it's about what he did. The old covenant was based off your own sweat. But the new covenant was based off of the life of Jesus. Let me just share some thoughts with you about Jesus today. Colossians chapter one, Katie, we'll we'll go there. That's a a great place to start. Can I do that? Should I do that? Will I do that? Let me just, that's a good place to start. Anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians chapter one. Wow. Yeah. Colossians chapter one, verses 13. And I'll just read down for a little bit. I got the new King James, by the way. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. I might jump around a little bit, but let's go there. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. Katie, I'm gonna wait on you. Here it is. This is Jesus. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. Man, I thought we were Pentecostals. We missed a really good place to say amen right there. That's that's, praise God, Paul. (laughs) No, 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 no. He has, not going to. It's written from a past tense perspective. He has already delivered us from the power of darkness and moved us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I'm fixing to throw this Bible, I'm telling to do it one Sunday when I bring my little one. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Watch this, We didn't deliver ourselves, thank you God, nor did we move ourselves. Who did all the work? This is what Papa did. He delivered us from the power of darkness and moved us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Keep on, Paul. Verse 14, in whom, meaning Jesus, we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Verse 15, one of the first verses I ever memorized it. (laughs) It just moves me all the time. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Listen. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And he is the firstborn over all creation. Next verse. Man, this is powerful. For by Jesus all things were created. Now, how many things fall under the category all things? Just in case, I just want to make sure we understand that. For by Jesus, all things were created. Well, tell me where they are. Everything that's in heaven, created by Jesus. Everything that's on the earth was created by Jesus. Now everybody, say this. Say heaven Heaven. is invisible. Say "Earth earth is visible. Watch this. Stuff that is visible, that's earth, and invisible, that's heaven. Watch this. Whether they're thrones... Or whether they're dominions, because watch this. There are thrones in the visible realm, and make no mistake about it. There are thrones in the invisible realm. Whether they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him, I love this part, and for him. I know he made little Debbie cakes. I'm telling you he knew what he was doing. Jesus of Nazareth. Watch this. Verse 17. And Jesus is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, which is the what? Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Why? Why, Jesus? That in all things, Jesus may have the preeminence. Verse 19, don't miss this. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness of the Godhead should dwell. Do you understand? Have you ever had like a sock drawer and you put as many socks and underwear as you can in that drawer and you're trying to push it in and they're like trying to jump out? It's like how much can you cram in there? How much of God could fit in one man? Jesus in a human body carried as much divinity as was humanly possible. It pleased the Father that in Jesus, how much fullness? It is a very scary statement to me. All the fullness of the Father dwelt in him. That is absolutely insane. Watch this. Verse 20. And by Jesus... He would reconcile all things back to himself. I'm going to tell you something you haven't heard your pastor preach in years, if you've been going to church for years. You've never heard another pastor say that God is going to take Jesus and reconcile how many things back to himself? God is doing this. He's breathing in every created thing, because how many things were created by him? Visible things, invisible things, things in heaven, and things on earth, human beings, every one of them. How many human beings were made by him? Every single last one of them. What has always been the plan of God, Matthew? Through Jesus, I will reconcile all things back To myself. How are you going to do a beautiful plan, Jesus, but how are you going to do that? Right, Paul. Right, Paul. By him, I will reconcile all things back to myself. By him. Whether they're things on earth or things in heaven. You know why? Because I'm making peace through the blood of the what? Verse 21. And you who used to be alienated or separated. Enemies in your where? See, the truth is, in the Eastern Orthodox Church and in early church history, they never preached separation. That's just something we do in America. They did not preach that garbage. What they preached was this, is that the separation was one that was in your mind. You were never separated from God, but in your mind, you felt like you were. So they taught this, how can you be separated from the God that fills everything? Where are you going to go with that he's not there? Paul said he's the God that fills all in all. Now, you know what just happened? Religious mindsets just got challenged. Well, that's not how I grew up. I'm just telling you the truth. This will shake you to your core. You were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. But yet now, but now he has reconciled you. When Adam sinned in the garden of Eden, was he separated from the father? Now pause calmly before you say something about that. (laughs) Was he ever separated from his father? As a matter of fact, when Adam sinned, did God say, I'm done with you. You're done. Peace out. I'm gone. Did he ever do that? The truth is no, he didn't do that. But when Adam sinned, you know what happened alienation in his mind and he thought oh my god when dad comes back i'm in trouble i'm gonna hide myself i've always been taught my whole life because we take scripture out of context when you take a text out of context you're left with con i've been taught my whole life that sin separates me from god then i read the bible Watch this. Then I read the scripture. Watch this. With a Christological lens. I took off my religious lenses and I put on some Christ lenses. I said, oh, now things are a lot more clearer now. When Adam sinned, did God run from Adam? Or did Adam run from God? But you know what happened? The father was running down his son. I'm going to look behind every tree, son. You can hide behind trees. Matter of fact, one day I'm going to get my life on the very tree for you. You lost it at a tree, but I'm coming to get it back on a tree. I'm coming for you, Adam. You who were (laughs) alienated in your mind. Adam thought, I'm separated from God. He said, no, 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 no. That was in your mind. Because the work you did was wicked. But now you have been reconciled. Next verse. I don't even know what the next verse says, but it's good. In the body of Jesus' flesh, how did, how did reconciliation happen? In the body of his flesh, through death, now we can be presented to the Father. How? Holy and what? Blameless. This is good right here. And above reproach in his sight. I'm going to stop right there because I just keep on going through the whole book because that's really, really good. Why is union important? Because in union, in union, we became something in union that we had no chance of becoming outside of union. You and I, watch this, could not crawl our way back up into God, nor could we meditate our way back up into God, nor could we read scripture back up our way into God, nor could we, through religious good works, (laughs) save ourselves back up into God. What does Paul say? Ephesians 2, eight. you are saved by, grace. other words, only God's doing. You are saved by grace through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, lest any man should what? Boast. He said, I'm going to do something for you that leaves you no bragging rights. You can't boast and say, well, I could have done that no through union you and i got to become something that in other words we could have never become we got to inherit through union second corinthians 5 17 that says if any man woman boy or girl red yellow black and white if any man be in christ you and i now can become what a whole new creation old things what Away. He didn't say old things are slowly passing away. He said the funeral already took place. Yes. It has already passed away, and now you are already new. But do you live life as if that was true? Do you know that 2 Peter 1.3 says you and I have a divine nature? Got quiet in quietness, Baptist church. I said, Listen, I said we have a divine nature, Chris. Like, I got something divine living on the inside of me. I call it DNA, the divine nature of Abba living on the inside of me. You know what I can do? You know, proof of it? Proof of it is this. It's Proverbs 15. I can have a soft answer that turns away wrath. Now, I used to couldn't do that. Come on. <coughs> it's good. This divine nature, you know what it lets me do? Now, now, Taylor, now it lets me bless those who, used to, who curse me. I used to have the worst potty mouth of anybody in this room, hands down. I mean, it was bad, like really, really bad. Like Native American Indian, North Carolina bad. I had a little man syndrome, and I knew I was little. It was bad. So the only thing big about me I could get was my words. I'm just saying I was, I was just a mess. But now because of union, Come on. I inherited something that was not of my own doing. And uh, stepping from darkness into light was not of my own doing. Paul said, our father through his son delivered you out of darkness, picked you up and dropped you into the kingdom of the son of his love. It would be a travesty and a tragedy for me to give you a new house. Watch it, but I keep finding you at your old address. And there's a lot of people in this room. We would say, I've been born from above. But you live as if you've been born from beneath only. Listen. Somebody say, hold on, you give me too many. No, listen. We have been born from above, but we live as if we've been born from beneath. Union says, all I have is yours. It's in you now. It's not something that's just to come. The benefit of being in Christ is it is ultimately mine now, but it will also be mine for all of eternity. Do you understand this truth? Come on, we got to get this. Religion says one day in the great by and by, I'm going to be, that's religion. But you know, the Bible says now faith is. Does our faith benefit us now? I remember, I don't know what kind of fish it is, probably a lot of fish, but I remember watching the Discover channel. You can get some revelation off watching Animal Planet. I'm just telling you, like, there's some revelation on the Animal Planet. It was watching the Animal Planet one day. I watched multiple shows, and they were all about, like, whales and elephants, just really big animals, and I found out that the, the larger the animal, then when that animal gets pregnant, the larger animals carry their babies longer. And Holy Spirit said, because when you understand that I got something big in you, you don't mind carrying it long. And I'm like, man, I'm watching the animal planet getting revelation. Like That's good, Jesus. (laughs) Watching the animal planet. And there was some kind of fish. I don't know what kind of fish it was. But anyway, this fish would, of course, it would have its babies. And when, when a predator would come around, it would open its mouth up. And they would swim back inside their mom. And she would close their mouth. And then she would just go do her thing. Like normal. And the predator's looking around, like, nah, I know, I just saw 75 guppies swimming around here, but I don't know what happened to either one of them. What, where did they go for protection? Inside of the one that they came out of. Watch, hold on, hold on, hold on. They found life hidden in their parent. As I was meditating yesterday, the Holy Spirit reminded me of that simple thought. In him is life. What what about Proverbs 18? The name of the Lord, watch this, is a strong tower. Watch this. That the righteous run therein and are safe. The name of the Lord is synonymous with his being, his person. The name of the Lord, Jesus himself, he is a strong tower. That once you and I understand we are righteous. Righteous. We run in him and are safe. When is the last time you've you've felt a fresh consuming of him to you? Like, whoa, it's different in here. If any man be, he is a what? Old things are what? Behold, all things have become new. Paul says that in Jesus, you and I moved out of darkness into light. Watch this. We now have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So watch this. Are you going to be forgiven or are you forgiven? Wow. Why is this important? Verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I like to say it this way. Jesus is the Kodak of God. If you could take a picture of, of God. Some of y'all know what that means, but if you Google it. <laughs> then if you get really good, you go, oh, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and you hold it up, you know what you see? Jesus. He's the code act of God. Because all all that picture is going to show you is the image of the one you just snapped. But if you could snap a picture of God and then see Jesus, you'd be like, they're one and the same. Why? Because Jesus gave a visible image to the invisible God. So how would God treat prostitutes? Simple. How did Jesus treat them? How? How would God treat the untouchables of our day? Simple. How did Jesus treat the untouchables of his day? Listen now. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. It is this Jesus that through him created all things, Paul says. It is this Jesus that through him delivered us from the power of darkness. It is through this Jesus that we were delivered into the kingdom of the son of his love. And it is through this Jesus, Paul says, that we now have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And guess what? This is all one part of our salvation package. By Jesus, all things were created. And then he gives a laundry list of those things. All things were created through him, verse 16, and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Man. So watch this. Jesus is the glue that keeps everything on the, in the universe operating properly. If in him all things consist, and watch this, then what happens outside of him? They break down. Why is that important? Everybody say this, anything separated from its source dies. You take a fish out of the water, a little bit, it's going to dry up in what? You remove a plant from the ground, and a little bit, it's going to dry up in what? But well, what's our source? And God said, let us make man from our image. If you try to separate man from his source, which is God, that's why we die. You know how we die? We put stuff in our arms. Yeah. We watch certain things with our eyes. We entertain all kind of crazy conversations. You don't got to go to hell to know what hell's like. I can take you to some cities. You can find out what hell's like. Like legitimately. All kind of brokenness and poverty. Marital dysfunction on a whole nother level. But darkness... And that's all what that is, is darkness. God says, I delivered you from that, and I put you in the the kingdom of the son of my love. And now in this kingdom, there's forgiveness here. In this kingdom, there's redemption here. And in this kingdom, everything is held together by my son in this kingdom. In him, all things consist. Why? Because it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell. So for three and a half years, Jesus walked around from village to village, city to city. Watch this. Causing righteous riots. That's what he did. Taking his thumb, Kristen, and wiping blindness out of people's eyes spitting on the ground, telling people to put that in their eyes and go wash, and they came back seeing. He was so amazing. He was so majestic that sinful tax collectors were look, making themselves look like fools climbing trees just to get a glimpse of his majesty. People that had uh, blood flowing from their bodies. Literally, they were ceremonially unclean. They weren't even supposed to be around people. They were making their way on those dirt roads, pushing through crowds to touch the bottom of his talit. Jesus Christ was amazing. People for over five days at one time followed him in to the wilderness so much to the point that they were getting ready to pass out and the disciples said, Lord, release these people so that they can get some food and go feed themselves. He said, no, you set them down and you feed him. Why do you think they're following me? Not because I'm a good preacher or a great evangelist. Because in me dwells all the fullness of Yahweh. They actually thought they could get around Jesus and have a lack. What do you guys got to feed them? You know what those 12 bold apostles said? Nothing. But one gospel writer said, but there's a little boy here, a lad. He brought his lunch with him today. He said, bring him to me. You know why? Because sometimes in our adultness, we, we become so mature that we let reason override revelation. And, we, and a kid didn't have a problem thinking Jesus could use what he had. He said, "Bring them to me." And this lad comes, David, and Jesus takes it, and he did what his custom was—he lifted it up, and the Bible said he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. And five thousand men, not including women and kids, were fed that day. Jesus was amazing. He was amazing. He stopped stoning parties. He was the image of God. He stopped storms that were going to destroy the disciples or other places. He was the image of God. He touched the lepers of his day when nobody else would touch them. He was the image of God. He let women come through tears wash his feet. Prostitutes then take their hair which the Bible says hair was their glory. He let them take their hair and dry it. He was the image of God. They made statements about Jesus, and they said, man, if this guy were really a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this was. Now he was more than a prophet. He was the son of God. He came to bear the image of God to his community. Do you know how this image is going to get out where you work? Not because a preacher comes, and not by way of angelic visitation. God says, I have something 10,000 times better. Chris, you work at Yukon High School. You know what he says? I'm going to get my image back in high school because I'm going to send you there. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus was the restored image of God. He showed us what it was like. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, three weeks ago, catch it now, that you and I now because of what Christ has done, we bear the image of the Father again. How does God get the reality of his image in every place? By sending those who bear his image there. So I send you to Yukon High School. Go let them experience my goodness. Huh? I always tease Matt because they love going to convenience stores and getting food for some reason. I'm not sure why Matt likes doing that. But whenever Matt goes to On Cue, the image of God just went to On Cue. Huh? Every time I'm in Home Depot, guess what? The image of God is walking through Home Depot. We have overcomplicated Christianity. So in wherever I am... I carried the benefits of all of my union with me. So when I met the lady three weeks ago in Home Depot who said, I'm coming out of a lesbian relationship, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And I shared the love of God with her. What happened? She encountered Jesus through my union at a cash register. There were no preachers in Blazers. There were no people on a keyboard. There wasn't a drummer. They didn't have lights, nor a big screen. Yeah. Right. But if he would meet people at a well in the sun, couldn't he find them at a register in Home Depot? Or are we gonna be so religious, I just gotta get them to church. No, let them meet the church. Yeah. Then tell them, no, you are the church. And let them know Jesus is a come to you kind of Jesus. He will find you. It doesn't matter if he finds you at Matthew's house, the tax collector eating, or he finds you in a synagogue, or he finds you at a well, or he spotted you, Zacchaeus, at a tree, or he saw you, Nathaniel, sitting around a corner under a fig tree. It doesn't matter. Jesus is a come to you Savior. He was the image of the invisible God. And it pleased the father that in Jesus, all of his fullness would dwell. And it was this son that through him of verse 20, Colossians 1, that the father says, me through my son, I'm going to reconcile all things back to myself. Come on, Taylor, back on stage for me, bro. Jesus, man. I, as I think I was 18 years old when I actually met Jesus. Isn't it crazy? I went to church for 18 years and then I met Jesus. Right. Hear what I said? I went to church for 18 years and then I met Jesus. Can I tell you what I was introduced to for 18 years? Sermons, right. songs, offerings. They introduced me to Outreach, Matt. I got introduced to denominations. I got introduced to my sin really well. I mean, they did a good job of letting me know I was a sinner, scum of the earth, going to hell. You better change. I mean, they did a really good job at that. And they really solidified that identity in me too, if I'm going to be honest. But I was in East Lornburg. This young lady, she wasn't the one, by the way. I'm gonna tell you, she wasn't the one, but I was chasing this young lady, David. I can see the church, I just can't think of the name of it. One of those churches we might have had, you know, 30 people, it wasn't a big church at all. I'm sitting in there, I'm just sitting beside her holding her hand. I was in church because she was there, but I wasn't interested in Jesus. I had done the religious thing. I'm sitting in church, and the pastor says, we got a guest speaker today. And he said, he's a Gideon. Anybody ever heard of a Gideon? I'd never heard of a Gideon. Been in church my whole life, never heard of a Gideon. My dad was a pastor of a church. I'd never heard of a Gideon. He said, he's a Gideon. One thing I can tell you about a Gideon, they're all about 137 years old. I mean, this guy was old. <laughs> I'm talking about old. I'll never forget this. He came up to preach. And he, Gideons are the people, they put Bibles in like hotels, hospitals. They just supply Bibles everywhere. So when you go to a hotel and you open that drawer and there's a Bible in there, that was put there by Gideon. He stands up to preach and he says, before I preach today, he says, Jesus told me there would be one person here who didn't have a Bible. And I brought that Bible for that one person. I'm not going to preach until that person acknowledges and comes and gets his Bible. I'm thinking, well, what a crazy person comes to church, don't even have a Bible. It's like going to math class, you don't bring your math, but that just don't make sense. Well, about three minutes went by, and that brother was serious. He wasn't going to preach until that person came and got the Bible. I'm like, you better hurry, because you don't got long, boss. Like, you got to go. You old. Come on now. He just, he's just sitting there like this. Kind of shaking a little bit. Seriously, you know that. You know what that girl said. That was I was sitting beside. She said, "Where's your Bible?" <laughs> you know what I said? I said, "Your Bible's my Bible." <laughs> so I told her, "Your Bible's my Bible." She said, "Well, I want to go home." So you need to go get that Bible. I said, "I ain't going to get that Bible." You know what she did? She goes. Oh, I mean the the spirit of murder came across my mind right there, but I, I, I cast it down. I cast it down. So he says You know what's the what's the guy's name on Kung Fu Panda? And what was like the Fu Wei? Yeah, the turtle, Oogway. He put the Oogway on me. He's like, you, you right there. He said, that's you? I said, yes, sir. I was embarrassed. I went and got that Bible. I didn't hear nothing else he said the whole time. And I sat back down in that hard church pew. And the only thing I could think of is that God cared enough about me to know that i didn't even have a bible and he sent a gideon from multiple states over to let me know i know every detail about your life and man it may not mean much to you but on that day that's the day that i i knowledgeably gave my heart to christ and started trying to follow him man that young lady soon broke up because i didn't want to have sex anymore and I, couldn't, I didn't know what conviction was, but I knew something wasn't right when I tried to do that. I began to clean up my language. I began to sit at home in my bedroom, and I didn't know. I heard my first praise and worship song at 23. So much religion where I was from. But I had heard of the Gaithers. And I took a radio. Just Google. You'll find out what that is, some of y'all. if you're 30. I took a radio. It had what's called a cassette C-A-S-S <laughs> just google it Aaron you're gonna love him that's gonna blow your mind it used to have this tape on him it's just crazy but just google it and so it's just all for Aaron right now but I put in the cassette of the Gaithers and I listened from one side of that track Chris to the other I never heard of a Bethel or a Hill song. I hadn't heard of them but I would listen to the Gaithers and I would say God boy I sure want to know you My mom and dad had recently got a divorce. He was a pastor, adultery, ripped through my community. He left his King James Bible at home. It's the only Bible I even knew of anyway. I would engulf the Bible. Four to six hours a day, I would just start reading the Bible. It's crazy. But man, my heart became so strangely warmed over that year. And through reading the Gospel of John, I got an image of Jesus, David, that I had never had before just going to church. And I thought to myself, why didn't somebody tell me about this man? Like, what have I been going to church for? And I'm telling you, he conquered all of my lower level lovers. And he won my heart. And so when I read about redemption, the forgiveness of sin, somebody told me recently. they said, man, you cry every time you preach. I said, no, I said, I cry when I read. I cry when I drive. I cry over everything because my heart got so conquered. I played basketball with my son yesterday. You might've saw that little story I put up. I watched him get frustrated because he doesn't play basketball, but he's doing his best and he's trying. I cried watching him play basketball. Cry over everything because my heart got so conquered. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. If he finds you like he found me, chasing somebody to church, trying to get my next fix, he'll find you. But when you see his image, he conquers all. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. In him is the fullness of the Father. I say this and I'm closing. It is a custom of mine, usually late at night when my family's in bed. I sit in this one chair and I say, Jesus, I want to behold you. I want to behold you. I want to see you anew today. Can I be honest? It doesn't just like boom, it doesn't just happen. I have to stop my mind from wondering what I did that day and what I got to do the next day and the bills I got to pay and whatever, whatever my day holds, I'll just stop. This is how I do this. And I just, I want to, I just want to see you. And sometimes he might say, go read this passage. Or sometimes it may be listen to a song or other times just keep your eyes closed. Just think about me. And before long, I'm sitting in Twin Oaks but my heart's in a heavenly place. I just behold the one who's made in the image of the Father and I see the one in whom the fullness of my God dwells. If you're in this room today and you've been distracted by life from seeing the beauty of Him, I want to ask you specifically to do something. If you've been distracted from the beauty of Jesus by all these other things, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to count to three. If that's specifically you, I just want you to stand with me because I'm telling you by way of union today, your distractions are about to be conquered by the one who feels all all. One, two, three. If you've been distracted from the beauty of Jesus, I want you to stand. That was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> I say John 129 to you. I say, behold him behold the lamb of God give him your gaze (laughs) come on church would you just close your eyes for a moment you can sing that you can sing that I want you to see Jesus Jesus I thank you for conquering hearts today I thank you for every mind that's been filled with daily duties whether it be family whether it be job whether it be church duties, just the duties of life. I just submit those things to your feet. And I thank you for giving me fresh eyes, out I thank you for washing my eyes of the stuff and letting me see you for who you really are. I want to just take a moment, just worship to that for a moment. But I believe that God's going to literally give you a better lens with which to see him. through. Come on. Father, today, thank you for reigniting just the embers, even of my own heart. I thank you that by way of union, you moved us from darkness to light, and you put us in the kingdom of the Son of your love. Thank you for the gift of redemption and forgiveness of sins. Thank you for letting me see that you really did create all things. And because of you, all things are held together. Thank you for letting me see that in Jesus is all the fullness of who you are. And when I read about him and meditate on him, and even when I close my eyes and I see this image of who he is, you're letting me really see you. You're letting me really see you. And I pray for every heart today that struggled, with just distractions and stuff, because I know that can't only be me, that there will be a fresh conquering today that happens. And I pray, I pray that the next 72 hours that we would have encounters with you. I, I even hear this word in my heart. Be aware when you drive. Be aware when you're walking in your home Be aware when you're at work. God has gone ahead of you and prepared encounters for you. Your own burning bush. But Moses never noticed the burning bush until the Bible says, but he turned aside to see it. And when he turned aside, he heard a voice. I believe some of you guys are going to be sitting in your cubicle. You're going to hear something. You're working at home from your bedroom. You're going to hear something. You're going to feel something. Just stop. Say, Lord, I sense you. Just learn to wait on him. And I'm telling you, he's going to fan the flames of those embers in your heart. It's going to be a newness. Father, I just bless your family today. Thank you for the opportunity to share the gospel. We adore you here. Here we say Jesus Christ really is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What an honor it is to do this as family. Lord, I pray for those families today that dedicated their kids to you. I pray that they'll see the effectiveness of your spirit working in and through the lives of their children. I recognize that all that we do, we get to do it through and by you. We love you today. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you give Jesus a shout? Isn't he awesome? He's absolutely amazing. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via cash app at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.